time it is, Mike. It's time to make love to some ears, Joe. I could not have said it better myself. We are making love to your ear right now. It is 8 o'clock on Thursday, and that means that Bantering the Blue Shirts is in your ear making sweet, sweet love to it because, well, that's what we do when the Rangers don't play on Thursdays. We talk on the podcast. I am Joe. This is Mike. Beth cannot join us, so we are doing this solo. S-O-L-O. Um, the Rangers have won five in a row, sort of weird. Uh, they are back in playoff contention, sort of weird. Vigneault seems to be safe for eternity, sort of weird. And all of these things, when you're thinking about the playoffs, make you think about shaving your beard. Do you shave, Mike? Uh, you know I have a beard, but I do try to keep my beard off my neck and off of like I don't like that werewolf look, so I try to keep it off my cheeks. I uh, I grow hair like a 13-year-old prepubescent boy, so I have to shave. Otherwise, I will look like a 13-year-old prepubescent boy. And Harry's razors did me a solid Whoa. and sent me one of their shaving kits. And I'm going to be honest with you. I am one of those people that keeps the same razor over and over again and slices my face up. Um, because I'm a terrible person and a terrible podcaster and a lot of different terrible things. So here's the deal. If you go to harrys.com slash blue shirt banter, you get a weighted razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, a rich lathering shaving gel. I have actually just squirted a little bit out of my hands and just played with it because it is foamy like a cloud um, and a travel blade cover. If you go to harrys.com slash bluestripmander, they will give you the trial set for free. You just have to pay for shipping. And you should do it because you want to shave right now before the playoffs when you can never shave. And they gave me a razor to use, and it was glorious. And I will continue to use it forever. And then maybe they'll send me new ones because – or I'll buy new ones. I don't know. It was that good. I was surprised. So harrys.com slash bluestripmander. Go get yourself a free Trial. What do you care? It's free. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But try it, and you'll love it, and then you can get more. So harrys.com slash banter. Just pay for shipping, but you get the whole trial set for free. Um, folks, if, folks, if you, if 10 of you sign up for this, Joe will try to eat some of the shaving gel. I will. Like a, just a bottle, like a bottle cap on a, on a bottle of water filled and I'll, uh, I'll make him take pictures and everything. And, we'll, and that we will go on Patreon. That'll go right into yeah, our new, go. we have a new Patreon filter that, uh, if you pledge $5 or more, we're going to give <laughs> we <heard> you, Joe. <laughs> we're, we're going to give you access to some behind the scenes looks at the way that this podcast exists. And, um, believe me when I tell you it is worth the money. But we'll get into that stuff later. Um, Mike, the Rangers are 5-0 and in their last five. We were talking a little bit before the show began that, um, yeah, Joe, well, howdy. I don't me, know how to feel. Yeah, tell me how the Rangers are 5 Can you tell me how they're 5-0? and They've won five games in a row by scoring no, more hockey why. goals than the opponent. Oh, yeah. All right, maybe then I want the why. Like, what have they done? Well, 
That is a million billion dollar question because let's time out for one second. The New York Rangers have effectively saved Vigneault's job, right? There was reports the last time that we podcasted, they were coming off a win against Vegas that was not very convincing, but it was the day after the doomsday scenario from Larry Brooks. So Vigneault's job is saved, and I've gotten a significant amount of social media backlash for my opinions about Elaine Vigneault as a coach, and have been told, oh, do you still want to be fired now? Doesn't he get some credit for this winning streak? I'm a koala. And here's the thing. Here's my return question. Koala. To those people and the koala. What has Vigneault done differently? Seriously, what, what magical change happened outside of benching Smith for Holden and Camper? And I don't think there's an answer to that question. He kept the KBZ line together. Okay, great. He's doing his job. Wonderful. His usage is still, still somewhat suspect. Um, I don't know why they're winning. You, you, the true answer is they're starting to get bounces, which they were not getting in the beginning of the year. The power play is red hot in fuego, which it should be forever. Kevin Shattenkirk is scoring. The KBZ line is standing tall. The defense <clears> – <throat> I almost choked. The defense has sort of shored up a little bit. Henrik Lundqvist has played oh, yeah. better. There, there are Wait things in there that have nothing cream, to do. shaving cream, then you'll be choking. <laughs> there's things in there that have nothing to do with the head coach. But you know what? There's things in there that does have things to do with the head coach. He kept KBZ you, together. He sort of plays the defense the way that he should be. Um, will be dead. I will be a father. I don't know. It, it's very bizarre because Mike and I were talking, and I, I want Mike to answer his own question because he's a son of a bitch. But Mike and I were talking before the oh! show began. You could very easily look at the Rangers' past five games, and you could probably pick periods. Like that period against Boston is about as good of a hockey period as we've seen from the New York Rangers um, to this point, I would say. And, but you can also pick out periods that were just horrendous periods of hockey. The Rangers could easily be 0-5 in the past five games. I don't think these have been dominant wins. I don't think these have been overly impressive wins. The Rangers have gotten the job done, plain and simple. And listen, that's a a hell of a lot better than it was two weeks ago. The Rangers are back in the playoff chase. They're above the Mason-Dixon line. Um, But yeah, that's, you know, sort of... So you don't think the Rangers... You don't think the Rangers are number six on the power ranking like ESPN does? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, yeah, that is. I'm pretty. I, he, the most frustrating thing about this hockey team and about the struggles that they've had and about the struggles that they're going to continue to have is in that friggin' mess of a hockey team. There is a very competent, very good hockey team. And it's, it's bizarre that you can go from that third period or that first period against Boston where the Rangers totally dominate the Bruins at even strength. They are all over them. Pavel Buchnevich has a goal and an assist. The Bruins literally cannot stop him or Jimmy Vesey. And then go to 
the second period where the Bruins kind of get back into control of the game, and then the third period where the Rangers shelled and there was no real opportunity. Like, those two teams exist at the same time, and it is incredibly frustrating. But, Mike, I want you to answer your own question. What do you – why? Why are the Rangers winning these games? My real answer, I think, is very similar to yours in terms of – Of course, you're a copycat, and I'm a brilliant – Yeah. You know, philosopher of hockey and different things. That's why everyone on the Twitters hates you. But uh, I think it has to do with really two things, Henrik Lundqvist and the power play. Um, I know that the Rangers didn't get power play goals against uh, the Bruins, but really this team, if if Elaine Vigneault has, has fallen out of an airplane the Rangers' power play has been his parachute. And on occasion, Henrik Lundqvist has been his little, like, safety chute that you pull that's a little bit smaller. You know you're going to hit the ground really hard and, like, break your hips or something, but you'll survive the uh, the fall. I have no idea when this even-strength offense is going to come to life. But the power play has been so good that it's almost, like, intoxicating. And I'm talking specifically. Yeah, this. How how long has it been since we've seen a power? Remember, we'll decline the power play. Remember those days? They were very recently. I I remember them well. Yeah. Now, now we want. I want power power play. Good. Power play gets us Papa John's. Begging Um, for power plays. Begging for power plays. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely. Jesus, I'm trying to talk, and you're just a goddamn mess. Um, well, say interesting things. I'm trying to, and jeez, Louise, make you eat. I'll make you eat so many things on this podcast. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, it's going to set a terrible example for your daughter. Uh, but I say those two things in particular because Brendan Smith is still a healthy scratch. And I know that's a hard thing for a lot of fans to worry about when the Rangers are on a five-game winning streak, but there is no scenario in which this is a good thing. The The best-case scenario, which is this is not what's happening, is that Stephen Camper is a better defenseman than Brendan Smith, and Nick Holden's a better defenseman than Brendan Smith, and Mark Stahl's a better defenseman than Brendan Smith. None of those things are true. But because they've been in the lineup here, that's what Elaine Vigneault has been rolling with. Like, why would you, as a coach whose job was likely on the line, why would you dare, you know, try to fix something that, for the moment, at least has the illusion of not being broken? And, all right, so let's say, you know, those guys are all better than Brendan Smith. Well, you just signed Brendan Smith to a four-year contract at over $4 million a year, and you're not playing him. So even if you were like, all right, we'll move on from Brendan Smith, his trade value has likely never been lower. It's uh, it's not a good recipe for success, not only in the long term, but in my opinion, the short term. And I say that because we, you know, have we seen <clears> – <throat> choking to death like you were before. Uh, You know, have we seen 
anything from like Camphor and I know Holden picked up his first goal, but like, have we seen anything from them where it's like, yes, I'm happy. I'm happy they're in the lineup over Brendan Smith. And before I go any further, I just want to say this. I know they've won five games in a row and we're nitpicking things and being, being pessimistic or, you know, just kind of addressing things, but we will get to more positive things in just a few minutes. If you just hold on my sweet little children. The only only thing that I'm going to say to that, though, is I cannot tell you how many times we have done this. Hi, this is Blue Shirt Panther. We are warning you right now that things are not the way that they seem. They're not as good as they seem. Believe me when I tell you that this is not going to last in the playoffs, and that it doesn't last in the playoffs. And everybody turns around and they put their hands up and they're like, well, we don't understand what happened. I told you what happened. Just listen to me. Listen to me for a minute, and then you'll figure it out. The fact that there are people who believe that Camper has played so well that he deserves to be in the lineup over a guy like Brendan Smith is insanity. Holden has been okay. I don't, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I'd still rather Smith be in there or whatever. Um, and I'm not – this is not me – denying or defending Smith's troubles because he's played like absolute crap the first half of the year. But for the investment that you've made in him, what? What are you doing? If there is any trade value left in him, it's gone. Okay? That's that's like, that's where you are now. And you also need to realize that if there is no intent to trade him, you are a pissing him off as he should be and b you're playing a worse defenseman over him in what you would consider quote unquote must win games so i don't i don't know where to go with that this is the whole oh you won't see this in the playoffs until it happens in the playoffs all over again and that should scare you because we've, again, I don't know how many times I keep saying this. We've seen this movie before. I'm telling you we've seen it before. To trust me on this one. Just, just trust me. Um, the, the reality of the New York Rangers right now is they have so much talent on this lineup that they can win hockey games without playing great. And you mentioned the, the power play acting as a parachute. Uh, it has been one of the saving graces of this hockey team. And a lot of that has to do with Kevin Shattenkirk. And a lot of that has to do with Pavel Buchnevich. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Rangers are starting to heat up a little bit. But to your point, Mike, about the even strength offense can't disappear forever. Zibanejad is 18 points in 17 games. Shattenkirk is 16 and 17. Um, Millers has 15. Buchnevich has 14. From there, the drop-off is Zuccarello and McDonough at 11. I'm shocked McDonough has 11 assists. I, I don't – he's been awful. I don't, I don't know, uh, but whatever. Got to love those secondary assists. Yeah, got to love them. Kreider is eight points. Nash has seven points. Hayes has six points, one secondary assist in his last eight. Um, VC has five points. Not that I think he, he's somebody to hold down on for explosive offense, but those guys have to get going – Eventually, there's no, they just have to. Um, the law of averages, it just, it, like Nash is shooting 6%. That's not going to, it's going to change eventually. 
So when they start going and like Kreider starting to heat up, he has what four goals in his last seven or five in his last seven. Uh, I think four in his last seven. VC has two goals against the Bruins. Buchnevich is doing Buchnevich things. Miller continues to be near the top of the charts. Kevin Shankirk has been ridiculous. The manager had everything advertised. Um, there is definitely room for this offense to improve and a lot of room. Now that doesn't mean they're going to be world beaters. I, I think we've seen from this streak that when the Rangers are going to be successful, they're going to be winning games five to four, four to three, not necessarily these two to one, one, nothing victories that we've become so used to. And that's okay. If you understand and admit as a team that that's who you are, that's okay. Because that's who you are. But so often the Rangers don't know or won't admit to what they are that it absolutely tears the whole house of cards down. And that's what we'd you know, like to avoid, especially now. Um, but is Shattenkirk – here's my question for you. Is it just Shattenkirk for the power play? Could he really have that much um, of an impact? I think you can't – it's important to say that you can't, like, uh, take away from what he's brought. I mean, I think in the, the previous three seasons or over the last three seasons, Shattenkirk has more power play points than, like, any defenseman in the league. It's pretty It's pretty exceptional what he does on the power play. And, you know, he has eight power play points. Zabinijad has ten. And so you might be led to believe, all right, well, you know, Zabinijad is that X factor, but I think Zabinijad is, is that trigger man. You know, he had all those early power play goals and, you know, that's, that's definitely done a lot. Kreider in front of the net has done a lot. Uh, Vino kind of getting his head out of his ass and realizing what he has with Buchnevich and giving him more and more of a, you know, some more patience, a lot more time on the power play has done a lot. There is a lot of little things that are going right with the power play, but I think the big drivers are Shattenkirk and Zabinijad. Um, when you have a guy like Shattenkirk, you know, who can create space and punish teams the way that he does. I mean, this was one of the things I was just, it was a like a little topic for us to touch on tonight, but you already kind touch of said it. Topics. What what more can you possibly have expected or asked of Shattenkirk? He has, you know, five goals and 11 assists for the Rangers. He scored an overtime goal. You know, he, he has two goals in the power play. You know, has he had some defensive errors? Yeah. But you know what else he's done? Generate a ton of offense. I think if McDonough, you know, whatever is going on with Ryan McDonough, if McDonough wasn't having – you know, the first quarter of the season that he has been having, Shattenkirk would look even better because without McDonough being that, you know, shutdown guy who you can rely on all the time, the mistakes of the other guys look a little more like, oh, God, nothing's going right now. But the power play is great. And I think, uh, ironically enough, considering where it was, you know, just a season or two ago, of all the things going on with the Rangers, the one thing that I don't want any of those coaches to do is screw around with what's going on in the power play. They just let let it continue like this. Let it happen. It's uh, it's definitely going in the right direction. 
Shattenkirk, and I talked about this a little bit with Rick Carpinello on um, Twitter yesterday, one of the most impressive and important parts of his game and the thing that makes him so dangerous is his ability to get shots from the point to the net. It, it's, it is so much of his offense is created from either scoring, because you can't score if you don't hit the net. I know that's crazy, but... Um, or juicy rebounds like the assist that he got against Boston where the puck hops out and Jimmy Vesey's there and he scores. Shattenkirk has totally changed the dynamic of the Rangers' power play, and I don't necessarily think it's because, oh, all of a sudden they're so much better, but he's getting shots on the net. He's a very underrated pass. I mean, he has 16 points in 17 games, and there are still people who are complaining about about him. I, I don't... There's no level of crab that is worthy of something like that. You just, you're just the super crab. I don't know what to tell you. Um, it, it's, it's frustrating. It, it's frustrating when guys come in and they do the right things and people still aren't, aren't happy with what they've brought to the table. And if there's anybody on this hockey team who does not deserve criticism for what they've been expected to do, it, it's Shattenkirk. I mean, that might not be totally fair because his defense definitely hasn't been where we would expect it to be. But I also don't think his defense has been as terrible as everybody thinks it's going to be. And, and again, um, the guy just got here in a new defensive system with a head coach who's not really great with system usage right now. And the whole team is a tire fire. So why are we immediately assuming, oh, Shattenkirk can't defense? I mean, these are the same people who 100% defended a guy like Girardi for, I don't know, four years, one or the other. There's no in-between. But unless the Rangers' even-strength game improves – and there's really no reason to assume that it won't be or it won't improve because, like I said, there's a lot of offense left in Kevin Hayes and Kreider. There's a lot of offense left in Zuccarello. This is not necessarily – the Rangers are very top-heavy in terms of their offense right now, and, and they're, not, they're not built to be that way. It wouldn't surprise me if Zibanejad or Buchnevich or even Shattenkirk led the team in points – but it, the Rangers aren't built to have a 100-point score or an 85-point score, and then everybody else just falls by the wayside. I think the Rangers actually have a fair amount of depth that they can utilize on offense. Those guys haven't gotten going yet, but when they do, and they will eventually, we're gonna, I think we're going to see an even more explosive team. And, and that's something that will help alleviate the pressure on the power play, but it will also maybe round the Rangers out a little bit because here's the next thing that I, I want to talk about, Mike. The Rangers have three centers that they seem to trust right now. They have, well, they? I don't even, actually, that's not true. They have two centers they seem to trust right now. Hazen's a manager. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think they from, do. He's going to be the healthy scratch to, oh, God, he has to play. I'm not going to play him in the third period. Three games in a row, and last night he played more than Buchnevich at even strength. I, there's no – he played more than Zibanejad. I, uh, who, again, only on a Navy team can that happen. But regardless, assume Desjardins is your third-line center. You have Nieves as your fourth-line center. It's pretty obvious that Vigneault does not trust Desjardins. 
whether or not he trusts Nieves, I think Nieves is going to live in this nine minutes a night purgatory for the rest of the year because those are just the dues that you have to pay when you are in a Broadway hockey team lineup with Vigneault as the coach. I didn't know where I was going there for a minute. Um, but, Mike, we, we, the Duchesne trade obviously changes everything. The Rangers were in on it. They wanted Shea. Gordon balked. Um, Taurus is now off the market for next year. Uh, you don't know if Hedl is going to be ready for next year. You'd hope he would be. You'd hope the same thing for Anderson. But for this year, do you see the Rangers sticking with what they have? Because this is another really beginning of the year where Gordon's not doing anything. And there are pretty clear flaws on the team. I mean, they were in on Galchenyuk. Like, what, what do you see happening? Yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting. And in many ways, it could be tied to what unfolds here after this winning streak. Because um, uh, as much as we would like it to happen, the winning streak isn't going to you know, last all the way to the spring. What I imagine is going to happen is that, and I think in many ways it already has happened, is that at least the front office is aware of the fact that you know Paul Carey and Nieves are not the answer. And it's pretty clear that Vigneault acknowledges the fact that D'Arnais is not really the guy you want on that third line, uh, you know, every, every game of the season. With that being said, like when you put the Rangers roster together, you know, just on paper and everyone's healthy and all of that, um, you know, it's pretty easy to put together a fourth line that's really fun and offensive with Dayarnay and Grabner, um, you know, and and Jesper. But uh, I think you look at the Rangers team and you say the need for a center has not gone away. Um, and it certainly doesn't help that, you know, we mentioned that Kevin Hayes' production is starting to slip. Uh, and it's kind of gone under the radar because things like that tend to happen when a team wins five games in a row. It's, it's one of those, you know, you know, well, who cares? You know, the Rangers are, are winning, but uh, the center market did get quite a bit more complex after that Duchesne trade, especially because, you know, Colorado got a tremendous haul for Duchesne and the, the trade, tremendous, the Islanders didn't feel make, bad about yeah. ourselves. Yeah, and yeah, that's a whole other can of worms. But uh, it's definitely been interesting to kind of see what you know what the cost of a center might be. And obviously, you know, Duchesne's a, a first line or a one A center, and the same can be said of Turris. You know, Turris was playing behind Brassard in Ottawa, but uh, they're both, you know, they're they're sixty point guys. They're guys who are capable of doing that. Uh, the Rangers. It would be great if they got a 60-point guy, but I think more realistically, the Rangers want that kind of 45-point center, that guy who's that second or third-line guy. Uh, primarily the third line is what I imagine we're looking at. And a guy who kind of fits into the way the team works. And we saw it against Boston. You know, the Rangers are really a team with a great deal of speed. And the forecheck's important. And so that rules out a lot of kind of big body guys who, 
you know, are kind of considered to be defensive centers. So you have to look at guys who can skate. You have to look at guys with offensive upside. And when you start using, you know, words like that, the price will go up on in terms of what they cost on the, on, in a trade. But I, there's no way this team is going to be what it is right now. You know, by the time the trade deadline gets here, I don't think this team is going to look like it does now in a month's time because, you know, there's there's definitely a feeling, I think, with a lot of teams in the league. You know, there's a lot of teams that are we're struggling just like the Rangers are. Remember all the hype around Carolina? Where the hell's Carolina right now? They're really underachieving. No way. And yeah, there there's a whole lot going on and the Rangers aren't the only team making calls trying to find that you know, that forward depth. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens, but I would like to think that the front office is aware that, yeah, we have, you know, we have assets we can move. We have guys like Nick Holden on an expiring contract. You know, he's coming off a big offensive year. He got his first goal. You know, it's, it goes without saying that it's a lot easier to trade Nick Holden than Brendan Smith right now. But, you know, if, if this is what it takes, you know, I don't know. Would you hate the idea of the Rangers? Like, I don't even want to say it because I don't think it can happen. But do you think the Rangers could trade Smith to get that center? I think it's kind of a ludicrous proposition. But I don't see any way as of right now, this, this speaking on this podcast, that Smith has any this trade speaking. value whatsoever. There's no, no there's yeah. no, he has no value and he has no value because the Rangers aren't playing. Not playing. Yeah, I agree. So whatever idea that, and what's frustrating is mm, it's November. So four months ago, Smith was in the Rangers long-term plans enough that they signed him to a four-year extension. What changed? Now, there's a rumor that he came to camp out of shape. And if that is the case, then a lot of this makes a little bit more sense. And if the Rangers are sending Smith a message, then it makes a little bit more sense. But we don't get that information out of the team. And I'm not sure that any team would give that information, to be completely honest with you. But when the response is, oh, we're not going to play D'Angelo, we're going to play Holden, that's where I run into issues. Because I do think there is something to be said about trying to get a player to develop in the NHL. D'Angelo is 21 years old. He does not need to season anymore in the AHL. He needs to learn the game at the NHL level. Heedle, you want to make the argument that Heedle belongs in the AHL? Fine. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not a fighter. But D'Angelo needs You're to play lover, in the Joe. NHL. And it's not like the Rangers have this incredible, oh, my God, what are we going to do with, you know, I love her. who are we going to sit? That question should not exist. Camphor was not sent down because the Rangers didn't want to lose him in, a, in waivers. Like, what are we thinking? 
That is one who, of the weirdest things that has happened this season is the Rangers didn't send down Camper. Everyone was just like, huh, how about that? Isn't that weird? He's still around. He's still here, everybody. He's it, in the lineup an, every night. It's very clear Crazy. that what we like, they think super highly of him. Very clear. He must be the best guy in the world or something. I tell you, just the best locker room. And and here's the thing: I don't, I, I don't think Camper is a terrible defenseman. I think he's an AHL defenseman. I I, I don't I don't think Camper is a terrible defenseman. As a you know, you ruined my like. I am so angry with you right now. Well, you said you weren't a fighter, so what do I have to fear, Joe? I'm gonna fight you. Nothing. I don't think Camper is a terrible defenseman. Pause. If you use him as a stopgap, eighth, seventh defenseman, plays a couple of games during an injury, he's a fill-in guy. He can be a fill-in guy if you need him to be. But he is not even a number six everyday defenseman. Then why, Joe, are the Rangers five and zero? Tell me that's that. not a bad question. Genius. What is your answer to that question? I don't need to answer that question. I fight people. You don't fight people. I'm going to fight you if you don't answer the question. Why are the Rangers five and zero? Henrik Lundqvist. Well, why are they five and zero if they're playing Holden and Camper the way that they are? Why? How are they doing it despite that? Well, yeah. I think the answer. I think the answer has a lot to do with the things that are going right with the team. Uh, outweighing the things that are not right. And Henrik Lundqvist, as Sean Hartnett wrote today, uh, very, very quietly being the team's best player. And that's inclusive of a couple of, you know, a couple of rotten eggs he had in terms of performance. But I was going to ask you and Beth this before we we heard that uh, Beth wasn't able to join us and we miss her and love her. But uh, I was going to ask you who you think is has – has been the Rangers MVP so far this season. And in many ways, I think you could call it a a two or a three horse race, but you know, 17 games in to me, I don't even think it's a debate. It's Lundqvist. And it's weird. It's this, this expectation for greatness from him, but I had to listen to Mike Milbury for that Bruins Rangers game. It was awful. Just nonstop shitting all over Lundqvist in his game. You know, he hasn't been good enough. You know, he's got to be better than this. He's, he, you know, he's not up to up to snuff. Just all this crap, you know. Meanwhile, surprise, surprise, he has nothing but good things to say about the Bruins. Um, shocking. Shocking. And, yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, a, it's as shocking as a shoe to the head, Joe. Um, but I don't know. I pissed. That's the deal. He's mad. Yeah. Yeah. Stanley was riled the fuck up right there. Uh, but yeah, like, who would you call the MVP if not Lundqvist? I, see, it's terrible that you say that because I would not say Lundqvist. Well, I, I would agree with you that it's a, it's a three-horse race. Maybe a four-horse race. But my what? uncontested champion of the world in reality, the 17-game MVP – is Zibanejad. There's He is That's single-handedly fair. saved the Rangers multiple times this year. And 
the guy that I would put directly behind him is Kevin Shattenkirk. Because, again, you're – Shattenkirk is a little bit more of a a difficult answer to this question because you can certainly make the case that he's he's hurt the team with some of his defensive issues. But the – for me, what overrides that is the change he's made to the team's power play identity. The New York Rangers are a dangerous hockey team because of their power play, and they have a dangerous power play because of Kevin Shattenkirk. So for me, it's Zibanejad, Shattenkirk, and then I would say Lundqvist because slow start, sure. Who's your fourth? Who's your uh, – I'm sorry. Buchnevich. Buchnevich is my oh, fourth. Oh, Buch, Really? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a heart pick right there, ladies and gentlemen. That it is. That's why I didn't want to say it, but you forced me to say it. It is a heart pick. But well, I, I'm gonna. I, knew, I will I stand knew you by the fact. Me. I'm gonna stand by the fact that I think Buchnevich's explosion of offense and him turning explosion. into this player has player. sort of changed the dynamic of the Rangers because the Rangers truly have two high-end all-around offense threats. Holy crap, Grabner has seven goals. And we were just you talking gotta about gotta love the fact those empty netters, Joe. That there's no way he's gonna score all those. You gotta goals. love them. Um Zibanejad has eight goals. Buchnevich and Grabner are next with seven. Buchnevich and by the way, Buchnevich has fourteen points people. in seventeen games where he was on the fourth line for five or six games this year. He doesn't play fifteen minutes a night. He has fourteen points in seventeen games, people. So uh, He's third on the yeah, team. Yeah, his average ice time points. is under 15. It's under 15 He's minutes He's only taken two penalties. He's a sweet Meanwhile, boy. Why don't you love him? Yeah, it's not. It's it's bizarre. The whole thing is bizarre. Um, the people love him. The coaching staff, not so much. But, hey, you know what? The, Compliment the where it's due. You know, lately it seems like Vigneault, even Vigneault hasn't been blind to what Buchnevich means to that that KBZ line. And I think on banter, we've had a lot of articles go up about Zabinajad, Kreider and Booch lately. And I got to tell you, it's really nice when the Rangers have a line that looks as good as this line does. I don't care if you like stats. I don't care if you're an, if you're an old school guy, when you watch that line play, it's just really nice. They're so good. And Buchnevich is a huge part of it. Maybe this. Well, I'm going to have to say the second biggest behind Zamanajad, but he's not that far behind. I mean, I'm again. This is. I am very, very willing to um, reveal, admit my bias towards Buchnevich. And it was part of the reason why I didn't want to bring him up in, in this conversation in the first place. But I really do think his offense has changed the dynamic of what the Rangers' top six looks like. And he has forced Vigneault's hand because there's still a, a, a significant amount of evidence that Vigneault does not trust him and does not want to trust him. But there's no way. There's just no way that he can't play. I say that. There's totally a way. But again, it's... Yeah. Take a look at where Brendan Smith is Tell, and say that sentence again. I don't, I don't even remember the sentence. So, yeah, just take you, that. Ooh, you bastard. Maybe, maybe you do have some um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't. I, I my MVP is Zavanjad, followed by Shattenkirk, followed by Hank, 
And before you interrupted me like a goddamn demon, the biggest, the most depressing thing for me about Henrik Lundqvist is the fact that his legacy is going to be he was so good that when he was not perfect, people thought he was bad. I was, it's funny you say that because earlier I was going to say it's like this, like this Shakespearean tragedy that the man who has likely saved Vino's job is Lundquist, the very person who Vino has slowly been dragging over like a, like a, like a pig on a spit. He's, Vino has slowly just been roasting Lundquist, just ruining him in so many different ways. I I dug into some goaltending data uh, last week, and uh, it was pointed out to me that there might be some issue with uh, how MSG trackers, um, you know, kind of count shots. Uh, they don't count shots as accurately, which can skew the data both ways. But in the last two or three, I think it was the last three seasons, or in the last 3,000 minutes of five-on-five hockey, no goaltender has faced a higher percentage of high-danger shots than Lundqvist. So say what you will about, you know, shot blocking and, and hey, five wins in a row, it's so nice, but the Rangers are, everything they are that's a positive thing, is tied to Lundqvist. And yes, I know he has the contract he has. Yes, I know he's old and he's not what he used to be. But he's been, he's been great. His numbers, just at, at first blush, may not look great. But if you watch the games, you're like, oh, Hank erased a goal. That should have been a goal. That absolutely should have been a goal, and it's not a goal. Does he let in the odd softy like that Yandel goal in, when, uh, against the Panthers? Sure, that happens. But... How many times do we see like uh, that Bergeron goal where, you know, McDonough just doesn't tie up uh, Bergeron's stick. Nick Holden is just watching Patrice Bergeron get a huge juicy rebound right on top of the crease and Bergeron tucks it home and, you know, everyone just looks around like, oh, wow, Patrice Bergeron. No, it's, he's, he's getting no help. It's like he's, he's perpetually playing on a penalty kill sometimes with the blown and- assignments. When you have a million, like, I need a million to make a million really good saves, you will inevitably let in a soft goal. It's, yeah. It's just the way that this works. I don't, I don't make the rules, people, okay? I do not make the rules. He's a king, not a god. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. He's a king, not a god. Um, I, I don't. Pretty good. I don't. There's, I don't know what to tell you. Okay, I'll smack you all right in the face, sons of bitches. Whoa! It's it's just I like that. It's frustrating. It is frustrating to see people turn on him so easily because I mentioned in the notes about the Bruins win. This is one of those games where Lundqvist was enormous and saved the Rangers' ass multiple times, and it will be forgotten. But those greasy VC goals, Joe. Greasy. Uh, Greasy VC goals. Just as greasy and VC as possible. Arvor Green, by the way, his uh, his MVPs are Hank Zabanajad, at Butcher Shaddy, so maybe I'm not the only one who uh, Listen, who I love the Booch pick. 
I think picking Booch is a sweet, lovely thing to do. But he hasn't been on the ice enough to justify that. Furthermore, all of you are picking goddamn, with the exception of Hank, you're all picking just offense, raw offense. Which, you know what? Uh, I take that back because who the hell has been a standout on defense in terms of like strong defensive play? Has well, been yeah, McDonough. Who would you pick? You couldn't even pick McDonough. You, you, if you, I gave you, okay, ready? I'm going to flip the switch on you, Michael. Oh. You made me pick an MVP. I'm making you pick an LVP, least valuable player. Most Lebanese player? No, that would be ML. Who is your least valuable player? Because like I know Lebanon who mine Bologna. would be. How many countries are known for their own cold cuts? Like Lebanon Bologna. Boar's Head a country? Because Boar's Head knows lots of cold cuts. Huh. Uh, what was Don't avoid my I question. About I'm not avoiding it. That's why I asked you to say it again. Son of a bitch. Who is your least valuable player of the New York Rangers? My least valuable player of the New York football Ragnars. Um, you son of a bitch. I think is I think the easier question to answer is like uh, the player who's been the most disappointing because like the least valuable guy you can easily say is like well you know what uh, you know like. Adam Cracknell didn't work out. You know what I mean? He wasn't right. very valuable. Sure. Yeah. But you want, you're getting the gist of what I'm asking. Because you're going to yeah, say the I name do. I'm going to say. Oh, are you so sure? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Lay it on me. Ah, That's tough. I think it's a little tougher than I think it is, than I thought it would be. Um because even as disappointing as McDonough has been, he's still better night in and night out than almost everyone else on the on defense. I think Shea has quietly been solid. I mean, he's had his flaws, but consider them to be issues. I'm definitely taking too long to answer this. Um, damn. Damn, damn, damn. So you don't have an answer. I would I've say, you. you know what? I'll say Rick Nash, shock pick. That is I, a shock pick. And you know what? Beth isn't here, so I can't break her heart. But I think Rick well, Nash. Her heart is broken. She doesn't know why, but yeah, it's broken. In the, so, grand, in the grand scheme of things, and I know a lot of it has to do with luck. And the other day I looked up Nash's second in the league and, you know, the amount of times he's hit posts. Uh, Tyler Sagan was in first, or as Joe would call him, Seguin. Um, but I, like all things being equal, I'm not convinced that all of Nash's intangibles match up to the fact that he has four goals right now, and at least one of them's an empty netter. And Rick Nash with seven points in 17 games, I'm sorry, it's not enough. That's not enough. I know he's shooting like a demon. Uh, I know that he's, you know, older, but it's just not enough. Okay. I'm going to prove to you why you are a fool's fool. Here's the only reason why Nash would not be somebody that I would argue. 
Okay. There is an enormous difference between finishing opportunities that you create and not creating opportunities to finish. And Nash creates a lot of offensive opportunities. He's just not finishing. And as he much also, as both of those things... tried that toe drag move maybe 300 times in the last few months, and it's never once worked. I just want to point that out. What was I saying? Oh. And even though those two things, I have to get the same like emotional level, equal the same okay. thing. It's even not like though those two things equal the same thing with no goals. <laughs> I would rather have a guy who's creating offense because eventually those pucks will go in than I would for a guy who's not creating anything at all. Who's your pick? Myel, it's McDonough. It has to be McDonough. It, it can't not be Garrett, McDonough. I love you. It, you know that I love you very much. I think you're wrong here. It, it has to be because – So, but let me ask you this question. I don't okay. disagree with you where you say McDonough has been better than Holden and Camper and some of the other Smith, you know, all the other problems that we've had, but why did you pick yeah. Rick Nash? What did you say? You said based it's on your expectations, enough. it wasn't enough, right? Also, I have expect- to, I didn't say this because I get tired of it. I also factored in the fact that he takes up 7.8 million on the cap and that he's in a contract year. And there's all these other like factors involved. And I didn't say that only because if I hear one more Rangers fan complain about Rick Nash and bring up his contract, I will cry. I will cry and I'll cry. Anywho. Go ahead and finish with you. Don't dismiss me. Um, uh, you've been dismissed. It's McDonough. Because the expectations that you had for what he was going to bring to the table and what he's actually brought to the table are – the difference is enormous. Joe, what if I told you that Ryan McDonough has been on the ice for 17 five-on-five goals for and 15 five-on-five goals against? What would you tell me, Joe? Say that again. He's been on the ice for 17 Rangers goals for at five-on-five okay. and 15 goals against on five-on-five. And he, uh, I would say that sounds Ryan, about Ryan, right. Billy Billiam McDonough is the highest Corsi four among the Rangers defense. Higher even than Scavins Blanton Pork. Higher even than he, Joe. Higher even than he. That might have to do with Shattenkirk playing so much with Mark Stahl, though. It Why might have to be like this. I don't know. I just I wanted to. I'm being I, I, I mean... Has he been better? Yes, McDonough has been better. But the rain, like the expectation, was much much higher. Oh, you know what? I have a fun thing. Okay, who could the Rangers better? Like uh, tonight, either Rick Nash or Ryan McDonough, you know, contracts the zombie flu. Yeah, that scares me. Pick something else. Uh, okay, tonight either Ryan McDonough or Rick Nash eat too much shaving gel, they get violently ill, and okay. they miss the the delivery of their daughter into the world because okay. their friend Mike made them eat shaving gel. This sounds Who oddly could... specific. No, this this is unrelated. Don't don't shh, don't worry, don't worry about it. Don't 
It's, but it sounds so really, cool. really specific. No, like no this, may be, this may so, involve someone we know. Don't worry about. It. So who would the Rangers better like endure the loss of? Who who would they have a better chance of winning without? You son of a bitch. It's Nash. Oh, so Mike's right. Mike Wright. It... Say that. Say Mike Wright. Just all just two words, two syllables, Mike no, Wright. No, because you've you've twisted you've twisted the question in such a way that it forced Mike it forced I don't want to hear Mike just destroy I wanna hear Mike Mike Wright. Mike Wright. Mike Wright. Oh, grown bitch. It is. It is Nash, and the reason why it's Nash is because McDonough is playing better than Nash is. I don't even know if that's fair. McDonough is doing more. I see. It gets difficult with Nash because he truly is doing all the things that you would want him to do. He's just not finishing. But I will tell I wanna, you that at the beginning this. of I the agree. year, yeah. I knew ahead, Rick Nash was going to have trouble scoring no. because he's always had trouble scoring the past few years. The flip side of this is I did not expect Rick Nash. Ugh, I did not expect Ryan McDummer to struggle the way that he has. And I don't think the Rangers were prepared for it at all. No. Yeah, I, I want to make, make it clear. Like, I don't disagree with the points you're making. And I think it's also, it speaks volumes about the problems that the team has had that we can point to these two guys who, you know, Stepan gone, Girardi gone. Who are the leaders left in this locker room? Nash and McDonough would be right, right at the top of my list. You know, Lundqvist, Nash, McDonough. You could say Stahl just because of his tenure. You could say Zuccarello because his heart burns with the passion of a thousand fiery suns. But it's not good that these two guys are really falling short this season. And I brought up, you know, those are just basic, you know, that wasn't relative Corsi that, you know, it wasn't score adjusted, anything like that in terms of McDonough's just raw possession numbers. But it's a really interesting thing because when you just watch McDonough play, like Joe, how many times has he made a mistake in or around the net that, is the sort of mistake that you would groan if like, you know, like it's a mistake that Girardi or Stahl would get and we would roast them for that. And this is McDonough making these, like it, what the hell's going on? You know, you take away, you say, okay, no more Girardi here. You're free now. My sweet baby bird, you can fly. You can be who you want to be. And he's not lived up to what we wanted. And, in many ways, that, I think, has been this, like, catalyst for all the chaos on that blue line and has a lot to do with the fact that Camper and Holden are in there and Brendan Smith is getting to get really comfortable, you know, watching games in a suit. I don't even like talking about this. Well, fine, Joe. Again. Five wins in a row. Again, we've McDonough has contracted a case of the Lundquists. 
where he's been so good that when he's not perfect, people are like, well, what the hell's going on with McDonough? However, he has not been as good as he needs to be. I see what you did there, Joe. Don't you? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, I think it's it's a very weird thing to see him struggle like this. Uh, it makes me sad. But again, he has like I thought it was a weird thing, but I got so floored when the Bruins pulled the goalie. It was six on five. McDonough wins two puck battles. He just wills the puck out of the ranger zone, gets to the red line, moves it down the ice, gets the line change. And it was like, that's vintage McDonough. Holy hell did I miss that. A guy who can skate, he's strong, he's very aware of what's going on around him, he's very savvy, and he's just consistent, and you can trust him. And I hope that in some way that, you know, I think this might there might be something to this too, that, you know... It, Heavy is the head that wears the crown. He's the captain here. And this team, all this talk about Vigneault, but, you know, we, it, a lot of the pressure for the Rangers' lack of success also has to fall on the captain. And that's the sort of thing we don't talk about a whole bunch, you and I, because you and I very rarely talk about, you know, the kind of intangible things, you know, like, you know, we don't go into stuff that I think you might hear in, like, barroom hockey talks, but... And not to say that the, you know there's just not value to those, but it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing. Like, what's wrong with Ryan McDonough? There's been a lot of talk about oh, Brendan Smith replaced Stepan as the Rangers representative for the NHLPA. He got married, big contract, bought a house, uh, maybe showed up to camp a little out of shape, uh, tried to go out of his way to be a leadership voice in the locker room. And, you know, like all these things, I want to be good. My name is Brendan Smith. I'm here for four years. And then he sucks. And it's like, all right, well, you know, he kind of in some ways maybe bit off more than he can chew, set himself up for failure, maybe was distracted. But what, what's wrong with McDonough? Injury? I don't know. Early he, season, he we heard a lot of – Yeah. And I know that's Yeah. Such a cop out excuse, but like McDonough doesn't forget to play hockey overnight. He's twenty eight. Yeah, that's they, fair. That's a very good it, point. It, it is one it, of those things know. I think fans here. Oh, injury, of course, an injury we don't know about. That's a very convenient excuse, but mm. you said yeah, it very well. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, of course. But yeah, he's he's twenty eight. monocle to figure that one out. Yeah, I'm gonna make you a star. Um, I mean, look, we've, I don't think this podcast has been overly positive. I also don't think it's been overly negative. There are definitely, you know what you need to be. What? Pavel Buchnevich folks. If you want positive, we're getting Pavel Buchnevich. He's a sweet boy and a damn man. That's how good he is. He's not a good old North American boy, but he's a good old European boy. A boy yeah. from the Europeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I concur, That's Michael. That's your positive. That's your damn po- your Him positive. Him and Shea have had a couple of just enormous moments. Oh, you know what I wanted to ask you? Yeah. If, like, 
No, this is a good. This don't. Why would you do that? You know. You're like Brenda Ugh. Smith in the off season. You just derail everything. Um, I wanted to ask you. I just want to ask you. You know what your favorite color was, and also, is there, is there any scenario? Like the Rangers backed out of that Duchesne trade reportedly, and apparently because because of Shea. Shea. Yeah, and I was wondering, like, is there any young center or or player that you've heard trade rumors around in the last two years even that you would say, like, oh, God, yeah, I would trade Shea? Because in my opinion, of like, Shea and Buchnevich and Hedl, I think, are the three guys that I would call like untouchable. You just can't afford to fuck that up. I mean, I have plenty of answers that are not realistic, like McDavid or Eichel, right? Yeah, but they haven't been tied to rumors though. Those are not like rumor guys though. Right now there is no rumor guy. Nobody's quote unquote on the market that is interesting like Galchenyuk. Hell no. I would take John Tavares. No. You can have him for free next year if you're going to get him. You know you can and trade him. just don't have the money him. to pay him anyway. Shut down. Next. Rick Nash 7.8 coming off the books. It does, yeah, but you also have to pay Miller and Hayes and eventually Shea. And I know. Shnevich. I know what you have to do, but it's just a thought experiment, you son of a bitch. All right, next. No, you're being negative. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> I'm not being negative. It's just here. I have no, a list of players that I, I want not trade. I want to hear Stanley chew his bone in the background like he has been all fucking podcast long. I've said He's that stopped. word three times now. He stopped. I don't know if people can hear it. If you can't, I apologize. He's enjoying his bone. My wife is pregnant, and she just doesn't even want to deal with him, so he's with me. Deal with him. Oh, does Stanley act weird around your wife's pregnant belly? Like, does he look at the belly expectantly and stuff? Nope. He, like, licks it and smells it sometimes, and that's the end of that. Dogs do that in movies a lot. It's weird. Yeah, not not as real. Um, Here is my no-trade list. You would need to pry... Pavel Buchnevich from my cold, dead fingers. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. You'd need, you would need to pry Heedle from my cold, dead fingers. Um, it, there's a ne- another level of I would not trade. And, it, and I'm talking about the kids. That top tier. I'm sorry? You don't consider Shay to be that I won't trade him I, for the world? I probably Shay is listen, I'm I know I'm a super Bushnevich fan. I truly believe Bushnevich has the skill set to be a dominant player in the NHL. I'm talking like seventy plus point player in the NHL. I really do think that he can, he can get there. I do. Yes, I think I would I would reluctantly put Shay in that in that category. Then I would put Miller and Hayes and, you know, Anderson in the next tier, which is I don't I'm not trading them 
unless you really give me a reason to. Yeah, I don't think Hayes is in Miller in But I'm not really including him in this. So, yeah. I get it. I'm a Butch Nevichomer. I totally understand. But I really do think he's that good. And I don't want to hear your I think, goddamn nonsense. I think you're good. That's what I think. I think you're great. Um, so who who from this team gets traded if the Rangers make a trade to be better? I think that's a good question to ask you. Who do they move if they say, we, we're going to be better, and this is what we're willing to give up? Because Ottawa said, I'm willing, we're willing to be better, and we'll give up prospects and Kyle Turris and Andrew Hammond, which is, you know, like a cap dump situation. But, you know, he still had value. Like, what, what is here on the Rangers where you can say, like, yeah, we'll part ways with that? And really, that often means, like, prospects and futures. I am of the belief that if you can find a way to turn Ryan Grop into anything resembling a third-line center, into anything that resembles a third-line center, you do it, you don't ask questions about it. They're like, oh, this guy, he's got like like 19 pins in his left knee. We'll take it. I'll yeah, take I don't, it. I've never thought Grapp was a worthwhile investment for the New York Rangers. I've not been shy about that. I would move Holden. I would move yep. a guy like Grapp. I, I would mean, even I'll consider end- moving... I was going to say, actual, I would even consider moving Ryan Graves. Yeah, I think I would, on an actual NHL like player decision, um, because Garopp and Graves really aren't going to bring much back in, I would move McDonough. I would move Grabner. 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 Um, if I That's have to pick a kid to move, it's VC. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I don't know. I I, I don't know what it is about VC. I just don't drink that Kool-Aid. He's a 25-goal scorer at absolute best. At absolute best. But those greasy VC goals, Joe. Greasy VC. Greasy mother effing VC. Um, Yeah. I move VC to get a third line center right now. I really do. Yeah, I would especially too. if he has, especially if he has a good contract where you know he's like, you know, around two million for a couple of years or something like that. I would be like, you know what? That's it stinks that we kind of you know might look bad in terms of the college free agents. We'll be like, oh, they're just going to trade me. But I don't know. Uh, it's it was evident even when Buchnevich wasn't getting the ice time that he was the guy to pick of those two guys. And in a perfect world, you have that, that luxury of, you know, which young winger do you like more? But I really am of the belief that VC is, I think he's absolutely an NHL player. Don't get me wrong, but I would label him as unremarkable. And I know that can be like a really negative word, but he's unremarkable in the sense that he's still an NHL player, which means he's one of the, you know, the, the top 300 or whatever the hell players in the world like he's fine like there's it just I don't think he fits what the Rangers want to try and do 
Yeah. At best, and I mean at best, VC is a 25-goal scorer. At best. Which, by the way, don't just fall off of trees. Yeah, it's a super fair point, but like the people who think, oh, he's another Kevin Hayes, or oh, he's going to be better than Hayes, or or the insanity of, oh, he's better than than Buchnevich. No. Sorry. No. Would you trade Chris Kreider, Joe? What's the return? Uh, a one A or a or a second line center. No, because yeah, neither do I. I don't trade Chris Kreider. I think it, it's he's on too good of a contract, and you're opening up too big of a hole without him. Then you're going to be looking for a way to replace him, and it's this vicious cycle. It was a weird thing when Friedman brought up his name specifically tied to the Oilers. And I forgot, what was it at the Bruins game? There was like management from 10, 10 different teams there. Yeah. Um, the Oilers weren't like we're, you know, Oilers are doing their New Jersey Islanders Rangers road trip, you know, that uh, tri-state area road trip um, around the New York area teams. But like there's definitely, and we're not just talking trades just, you know, to, to waste time here. Like there's been a lot of weird rumblings and I think they've died down a little bit with the win streak, but it's still going on. There's still rumors. Elliot Friedman mentioned the Oilers would probably like to look into Kreider. Um, like Zuccarello. Like, gonna, I mean, heard the weird Oilers rumors have things that, that would take. Oh yeah, they, they it, definitely do. I just, I, but it's it would gonna need take to be a lot for me to give up Kreider. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not touching Lucic. I'm not touching Nugent Hopkins. Oh God, not touching Lucic at all. I want but, nothing you know, to do with him you know, as, as a Ranger. Obviously, they're not trading um, McDavid. If they if they hold on to four million of Lucic's cap, maybe. maybe. But even so, no. I mean, you know, if they want to. Dracidal, I'd hop all over that deal. But he's going to make all the millions of monies, and then we can't have any other nice things. He already is making all the monies. I know. He has 11 points in 10 games. So How has he only played in 10 games? He must be hurt. Um, he was hurted. He was hurted. Okay. We've talked for a while. One day. We did. We did a really good job. Ladies and gentlemen, the show is brought to you by Patreon. Patreon.com for exclusive banter. Um, I don't know if you saw the post that I made on Patreon. You should go look at it. Basically, I'm going to give you a quick elevator pitch on why you should donate to Patreon. Um, and a lot of people have jumped in. They've read the post. We're trying to make more money because we want to be filthy rich, you bastards. But also, we, we want to add some, I guess, authenticity to the show. We still need to get back the microphone. We, we want to invest the money that we are making through Patreon back to you guys. And, and I've sat in a couple of, of meetings where people have discussed some uh, more successful Patreon plans um, or patron plans. And the reality of the situation is a lot of these people give patron only content and we really can't do that. I don't know if you guys remember when we tried to do blue shirts monthly, the newsletter, um, 
that didn't really work because there wasn't anything in that that we weren't putting on the website already. Blue Shirt Panther's free. You're going to – there's really nothing we can offer you. Some people do newsletters. We can't do that. We have the website, and we don't want to make this show patron-only all-in, which would be like the most drastic nuclear option. Um, we also don't want to make certain episodes patron-only, like the Colton Orr interview as an example or, or other things that, that we're looking into doing. So if you listen to the show – and you like the show, please, if you can, if you can, please consider donating. I totally get, uh, I mean, I I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, listening to unspoiled right now. They're doing a reread of the dark tower that I'm very interested in. And I listen to them all the time and they are somebody that I should donate to. And I can't, I I have a daughter coming. I have no idea what's going to happen, but they're bookmarked so that I can donate to them later when I figure everything out. Your so I get it. If you can't, you can't. It's going to eat money. She's going to eat money. And it's going to be a but big if you, problem. If you can donate to the website uh, and the, the podcast, I would appre- we would appreciate it. It would go a long way to keeping everything free. Um, Blog Talk Radio offers us opportunities to integrate ads during the show on archive. We can add as many as three of them. They're 30 or a minute, uh, 30 seconds or a minute each. I elect not to because I think that it it would ruin the quality of the show. But that's an opportunity to monetize that we don't have. You know, we did the Harry's read earlier today, and maybe if we get enough money, we don't have to do those things because people have sort of complained about... And Joe will eat the shaving cream. And I'll eat the shaving cream. That's a fair point. Um, Right in his mouth. So, yeah, if if you need a new razor, go to harrys.com slash blueshirtpanther. That would help us out a lot. Um, and if you have just a, a little bit of, of extra money and you can donate to us, we would really appreciate it. And it would, it would go a really, really long way to Are keep you the show in free the and make it better. Pitch? And as a reward for those of you who do donate, anybody who Don't donates $5 or more, we are going to produce patron-only content. But it is going to be a little funny stuff. Excuse Maybe me. Mike draws a cartoon. Maybe we show you some of the gifts and some of the behind-the-scenes looks of things that happen here. You've seen us burst into or heard us burst into laughter on the show before. We're going to give you all the reasons why that stuff is happening. It's going to be silly and it's going to be stupid. It is not going to be some gigantic think piece or stuff that you're not going to be able to get on Blue Shirt Banter or listen to on the podcast. But hopefully it makes you laugh or smile or whatever, just as a little thank you for the people who have donated. John J. Porter, Anthony Viola, John Reppy, who actually upped his previous pledge goddamn um, american hero johnny Alo, alex gardner alexander ricard robert courtney guy from montana daniel degen eric Cohn, matt bader george Littman, grumpy smoky scott potash i think i screwed that up i apologize um dan lynch mike offit chris baker bob kawa andrew grigo stink fleeman arch williams igor zatlovsky zachary zetlin Dan Carosi, Alexander Thornton, Thomas Osa, Trevor Kepna, and Michael Silvers. Thank you guys, seriously, for donating. Um, Stepping up. It means a lot. It really does, and it goes. It, it goes a long a way on the penalty kill. That's it goes a do. long way to keeping us free and and happy. And yeah, we, the bottom line is. Mike. Yeah, the bottom line is we love the show. We love to do the show. It's not easy to do the show. And it's, we're not trying to get rich off the show. That's, I mean, God knows I have better get rich quick schemes like making Joe eat things. But uh, 
at carnivals and fairs around the country and uh, dressing him like a large baby, uh, you know, shaving his body smooth, covering him in Crisco. There's a lot of details to this plan. You don't need to hear them all. But uh, if I'm kind of curious to, to hear them all, though, actually. You know, you're about Sounds to be like a father. Sounds like a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. There's a lot of you involved in it. More than you'd want. There's like a cattle brand and, uh, you know, like uh, those dunk tanks at fairs. But in the dunk tank is just a bunch of electric eels. But here's here's the thing. I took out all their teeth, so you don't got to worry about that. Good. That's why, you know, I'm looking, at, I'm looking out for you like that. Anyway, uh, donate to the Patreon if you can. If you can't, we still love you. That's the bottom line. We still want to make this work, and that's, uh, that's really the bottom line. But if you can, it's a big help. It's a huge help. It makes doing this more than worthwhile, and uh, it makes us very happy to put together the show for you and uh, talk and like I'm doing right now where I'm just talking, no idea where it's going. Um, yeah, no idea where it's, it's going. It's, again, it's, this is whining and complaining, and I, I totally get it. Um, but we'd like to keep the show free, and we don't want to take any drastic measures. And listen, this is not a threat. Nothing's happening next week. Nothing's happening next month. But we're just evaluating different ways that we can kind of monetize this a little bit. And, um, Joe's you know, having a baby. And I'm having I, a baby. If you donate, a, if you donate five dollars, going to be a godfather. It's literally like paying a buck fifty to listen to the podcast. You got a buck fifty. You 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 have a dollar fifty. You get to hear Beth make fun of me and Mike talk about his neighbor's dog and whatever. So Patreon.com/slash Blue Shirt Banter. Again, we appreciate the support. We appreciate those of you who are donating. We appreciate those of you who would like to donate, even if you can't. We appreciate you guys who don't donate, maybe not as much, but we appreciate you guys too. Oh, um, I, and thank yeah. you know, thank you all for for the support of the show because it has been great. It has been growing. It's it's nice. I am Joe Fortunato, twittercom slash BSB. I have hundred good two hundred and eighty characters now, so get ready for that. Mike is, that is dig deep BSB. He also has two hundred and eighty characters. Get ready for that. Um, and the, the flag mothership is Blue Shirt Banter on Twitter. Beth as well. So, Michael, as always, this is amazing. Good night, everybody. This is interesting, just, just you and me. I liked it. Yeah. I still miss we Beth, though. Beth. We don't need Beth. Beth. We, do, we do need Beth. Because yeah. I, was, I was out of control today, and you don't have the authority to shut me up. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs> Goodbye.